month off to do what God has called me to do. Uh, just a quick reminder for those of you who uh, aren't aware, today is Communion Sunday. Uh, so we will be celebrating our Lord's table together. So hey, get yourselves uh, everything you need. Oh man, I just see I ran into some technical difficulties. Uh, stand by one quick second because this thing is not acting right uh, for the Zoom broadcast uh, and it's not acting right for Facebook. So give me one quick second and I'll get this fixed. Boy, okay, I think I've got that working right. Uh, it's, uh, we got some new equipment. Yeah, it's working right. We got new equipment, and man, I tell you, anytime you get something new, uh, it's uh, nerve-wracking to say the least, and the enemy is always going to try to subvert what we're doing. Hey, you know, it, it is what it is, uh, but we will get through it. Um, so... Uh, on that note, uh, we're here. I'm so glad uh, to be back uh, doing what it is that God has called me to do. I want to thank all the preachers who filled in uh, during the month of August for me. We started off the month uh, with a great beginning uh, with Pastor Chris Petit, our very own Pastor Chris Petit. Uh, then we went into our very own Elder Deborah Marshall, who gave us a phenomenal word. Uh, then we went uh, to my good friend, Pastor Eric Allison of the uh, Agape Worship Center out in Victorville, California. And then to my other good friend, I think I've known him the longest, Bishop Kelvin Simmons of Emmanuel Praise Fellowship, uh, who just really did a phenomenal job. And then we closed out the month. I think it was probably, even though it was five Sundays in the month of August, our, our cleanup batter, uh, Sam Casey, Pastor Sam Casey, of the uh, New Life Christian Church in Fontana uh, just did a phenomenal job uh, on, the, uh, on, on that last Sunday. So like I said, we got some new equipment that I'm working with, so don't, don't be worried about what you see as far as the, uh, 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 the little graphics on the side. Because everything is new and I'm still learning how to work everything, 
uh, in the next couple of weeks. We're going to probably be a little bit shaky, but in the end, we're going to be okay. Uh, but more than anything else, I'm thinking, uh, I want to thank uh, the Road to Damascus Church family for being understanding and supportive during this time, uh, this month uh, sabbatical that I took. I just really don't uh, understand what goes on inside of, of preachers when the week after week after week is a lot of work. Uh, when and especially for uh, those of us who work outside of the home or in our case working in the home during the COVID-19 uh, and when my job in particular has just seemed to be extra uh, stressful and during that time it has just been uh, hectic so I want to thank everybody that uh, supported me for that because it was something that was much needed uh, a lot of rest a lot of communing with God and I believe we are going to uh, experience something as we continue to move forward. And so with that, in our service, we've come to the place where we ask that you guys support us and help us in our mission to do what God has called us to do. Uh, donate to Road to Damascus Church. You can go through PayPal at Road to Damascus. And always remember, that's the number two. That's not the uh, T-O. It is the Road uh, number two Damascus Church. Cash app is the dollar sign, uh, dollar sign R2D Church, or you can go to Givelify and look for Road to Damascus Church. And again, that's the number two, or go straight old school and mail it to P.O. Box 1382, Norwalk, California, 90651. And every uh, dollar that you help us with will help us continue to uh, enlarge our ministry and do what we do for uh, God's people to help us get uh, scholarships that we plan to give. I mean, remember, uh, whether you've been with us or not, we gave away $4,000 worth of scholarships to college students this year, and the goal that I set for this upcoming year is $20,000. I don't know if we're going to get it, but I remain faithful to God, so if God said it, then we got to do it. Uh, but we're going to shoot for that. So be be prayerful in your approach to uh, consider sowing into our ministry. Amen.
said we had some uh, some issues with the technology with this new equipment I apologize to everybody but I think I know how I can fix that real quick again jeez you know it's uh it is what it is and we are going to work through this in Jesus name amen uh, we are we are going to continue to move forward in service and I think that was the fix, and we will pray in Jesus' name that it did what it needed to do. we come to you this day with all praise and thanksgiving in our hearts we give you the glory and honor for being our God we thank you that we could come together this day virtually to still give you praise to still give you glory to still give your name honor Lord God as we come we see that we are flustered we see that I am flustered we see that things are not flowing the way they should but God we declare in Jesus name that any attack of the enemy will be bound and cast into the pit of hell we cast out the the feeling of, of despair we cast out the nervousness we cast out this idea that things just won't go right right now in Jesus name we ask that you send your spirit to come into to this place that we reach out into the homes that your spirit will be felt that a spirit of calmness will come 
Lord, we ask that you continue to lift us up as individuals and collectively as a body of believers that we may find your strength in you, that we may find peace in you, that we may find joy in you, God. We move forward in this month of September, the day we're going to celebrate the Lord's table together that we praise you, God, and we ask that more of you be in us, that we see more of you in every aspect of our lives, that not just our walk and our talk, but everything that permeates our being will be reflective of your spirit in our soul. God, we want to be such a light that people will come to us wondering what it is that gives us joy, what it is that gives us peace, that we can declare with a sound voice that it is the Lord Jesus Christ savior of the world, son of the one true and living God that gives me peace, that gives me joy when everything looks bad. So God, we ask that you just come with us right now, that you continue to lift us up, gird us up with your strength, that we will be one people, that we will be your people, that we will do what you have called us to do. And now, Lord, as we move forward, I pray, God, that you keep me hidden behind the cross and covered in your blood. Take away all the spirit of doubt that I have right now, God. Take away all the fear that is resonating right now, God. Let the spirit of flustered go, go away, God. We are here to do your work. Keep me covered in your blood that you will be lifted up and I will be put down, God. You are the one true and living God, and we love you, for it is in Jesus' name that we do pray and believe. Amen. Amen. Good morning. Uh, road to Damascus, uh, just like I said, it's just a, a, a weird uh, feeling right now uh, on how uh, things are going. We have this technology, and everything had seemed to be working good when I did the initial test, but just like everything else goes <clears throat> in life, is not always going to be how you want it to be. And so we're going to work with it and, and continue to believe and uh, trust in you and, and do what it is that we know that we are called to do. Um, and here again, it, it's, uh, I see that things are acting up, but we're just going to move forward because, you know, we, this is just what it is. It is what it is. And we will make, get this stuff worked out. So it'll be better in the end. We are, going into a, uh, uh, a new series for the beginning of September uh, that I'm calling uh, Integrity. That is the theme of the, the, uh, the sermon series, Integrity. And we're going uh, to the New Testament book of Titus, Titus chapter 2, verses 7 uh, through 8. Uh, this was a scripture that uh, Elder Deborah had sent out an email and I had a whole different verse, but this one just really kind of encapsulated a lot of what it is that uh, I've been feeling over the course of this month uh, when it came to understanding where we are going to go. Uh, I, I could tell you that uh, part of the problem with the f being flustered this morning is because I was working on the sermon. I had Friday off from work and I spent all day and all evening working on the sermon. And then yesterday I wanted to uh, spend the rest of the day. Uh, working on the equipment and get the equipment together and make sure everything went flawlessly and that happened the computer crashed and all my work was gone so I had to redo the sermon yesterday and everything seemed to be okay and then last night right around midnight I can't remember what time it was that I had text uh, Deborah to uh, check in on her and the computer crashed again <laughs> so it was just a 
a, a battle and a struggle and the only thing I can figure is outside of equipment failure that the enemy obviously does not want us, the people of God, to walk in integrity. Uh, he does not want this message to get out, whether it's just simply technology or it is because of what we have seen uh, with the enemy, I, you know, I don't know, but we're going to trust God through all of this. But the words of Titus says, uh, these are Paul's word to, to Titus. He says, in all things, showing yourself to be a pattern of good works in doctrine, showing integrity, reverence, incorruptibility, sound speech that cannot be condemned, that one who is an opponent may be ashamed, having nothing evil to say of you. That's God's word for God's people. It, it's, it's so uh, important uh, that we understand what it means to have integrity as believers, what it means to walk in integrity, what it means to let people see the integrity that we have as individuals and as believers. It is just uh, I can't even uh, describe how important it is and just in my own words on what it means to have true integrity of Christ. Uh, but Paul wrote these words to Titus, to us, the church. And in the new and the still in the voice translation, I read the original from the New King James. But in the voice translation, it says, Titus, you have to set a good example for everyone. Go out of your way to do what is right. Speak the truth with the weight and authority that comes from an honest and pure life. No one can argue with that. Then your enemies will cower in shame because they have nothing bad to say against you. I mean, when you think about these words and when you get to the voice translation and understand exactly how serious this is and what Paul is saying to Titus and saying to us as believers, he said, set a good example for everyone. This is just not one of these things that you do uh, to, to make yourself feel good. He says, set a good example for everyone. Go out of your way to do what is right. Speak the truth with the weight and authority that comes from an honest and pure life. No one can argue with that. Now see, the, the problem that we have as believers uh, is that we are inundated with people who do not understand. We've been inundated with, with church people, church leaders, pastors, and even our leaders in our government that do not understand what it means to set a good example for everyone. They, they do not know what it means to go out of their way to do what is right. You see, we, we have substituted doing what is right for doing what either feels good or what's going to make me money. And you see, he says, speak the truth with the weight and authority that comes from an honest and pure life. Uh, but see, we cannot speak with truth. We can't, we can't speak with the weight and authority because we do not live honest and pure lives. It's one of the, the things that I learned over the course of my lifetime is that or, you know, the, the believers tend to glob on to things because that's what makes them feel good about what they're doing instead of doing what is right. As he, doing what is right is expensive. See, it costs me something to do what is right. It costs me something to always speak truth. It doesn't cost me anything to do what feels good. 
It doesn't cost me anything to live a life that is outside of the will of God. It, 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 it just makes me feel good. And so we seek out people who are going to reaffirm exactly what it is that makes us feel good, that make us feel good about who we are. And so we have raised up a generation of preachers that go around that do not speak truth. They do not speak with the weight and authority that comes from an honest and pure life because their motivation is not your salvation. It is about that dollar that you go bring in. We have seen these preachers, they're all over TV and they're telling you this stuff. And see, there was, there was a, there's a scripture, I wish I had, I had this had come to me last night, but it, there, there, uh, uh, there is a scripture in the New Testament where he speaks Paul is speaking of the time that there is going to be people who have a semblance of spirituality, but in fact is not spiritual at all. See, see, I was watching one of the things that I got a real uh, good opportunity to do over the sabbatical is get fed from a lot of preachers from around the country. I, I was going to churches virtually uh, in places that I had never had an opportunity to go. And so I sat there and I watched this one particular church uh, that's based here in Los Angeles. And I know it's very, very popular uh, with a certain type of believer. And then when I read the description of the church, it says that we are a trans, trans-denominational body of believers. And I started thinking, what does this mean, trans-denominational? Uh, see, for us, we're non-denominational, meaning you don't have to have a denomination to be a part of Road to Damascus Church. All we care about is the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm not a, a, a slave to Baptist, AME, CME, uh, United Methodist, whatever denomination you are part of. I'm not, I'm not into the denominations. I am into the, 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 the call of Jesus Christ. I am into the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so this comes up and he says they are a trans-denominational church. And it's like, you know, there's nothing that makes people feel good. And not let me qualify this. I'm not casting judgment on people's lifestyle. But there is this idea that human beings, Americans in particular, that we have a problem with anything with the word trans in front of it. It's like we, we don't like transvestites. Uh, let me, again, I'm qualified. I'm not saying me. I'm not making any judgment. We just know this elicits an emotional response from people. We don't want to hear anything about somebody who's a transvestite, and we certainly don't want to hear anything about transgender. The only thing trans that we are comfortable with is a transmission on your car. But here he says we're a transdenominational body of believers. But when you read what they believe in, there's no mention of Jesus Christ. Not so, not one thing so ever. When Paul said they will have a semblance of spirituality, but in fact it is not spiritual. You, if you watch their service, they go through the motions as if this is real church. They have a pastor. They give tithes. That is a biblical principle, tithing in the Old Testament. 
But if you are not, if you are trans-denominational and people are not into the Christian walk and they're not into particularly the Old Testament, because you've got this whole, a whole nother uh, chasm of people who we, we only look at the Old Testament or we only look at the New Testament instead of looking at the entire Bible in its entirety as the communication from God to us. They practice tithing. And when they pray, they don't end it with amen. They say, uh, you know what, I can't remember what it is, what they said together, excuse me. But it is a semblance of spirituality, but in fact it is not spiritual at all. You got these folks up here swaying and singing and looking like hippies and everything else and going on and not one person talked about salvation, not one person talked about Jesus, not one person recognizes his sacrifice on the cross. A semblance of spirituality. Speaking the truth with the weight and authority that comes from an honest and pure life. And I'm not just talking about them. I'm talking about these whole other churches that got what they call the prosperity gospel. The name it and claim it. All these things out here not doing what is right. Paul said... Go out of your way to do what is right. Speak the truth with the weight and authority that comes from a pure and honest life. So we get to one definition of integrity. It says integrity is the practice of being honest and showing a consistent and uncompromising adherence to a strong moral and ethical principles and uh, ethical principles and values. In ethics, integrity is regarded as the honesty and truthfulness of the accuracy of one's actions. What does that definition mean to you in your life, in your daily walk with Christ, in your daily walk on this planet? How is integrity a part of who you are and what you do? Because if it is not a part of who you are and what you do, you need to reevaluate what you call yourself a Christian. And see, he says integrity is the practice of being honest and showing consistent and uncompromising adherence to strong moral, ethical principles and values. Consistent and uncompromising. As a preacher of the gospel, I have to be consistent and I cannot compromise the word of God to make you feel better about what it is that you do. I am going to do it with love. But I am going to be consistent and uncompromising. I am not going to sell out the gospel to make you feel good or to put money in my pockets. I got a job. Nobody can hold anything over me. I got my own money. I don't need your money. Anything that I need, God will provide. So when it means that I have to deliver a hard word, I'm going to deliver a hard word because I am going to give you what it means to have integrity, to showing a consistent and uncompromising adherence to strong moral and ethical principles. But what about our leaders that we elect? How is it that we as believers that are supposed to be uncompromising, 
that we are supposed to, uh, 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 to have strong adherence to moral and ethical principles seem to always elect people who are not consistent, always compromising, and do not adhere to any sense of moral or principles. It, it, remember, he says, in ethics, integrity is regarded as honesty and truthfulness or accuracy of one's actions. So over the weekend, I, I, I like to, I'm not a news junkie, but I do follow some news. And I saw a quote that uh, uh, Mike Pence was someplace giving a speech. And during his speech, he made the following quote. His word is his bond, referring to 45. How could that man keep a straight face saying those words? Pence on number 45, his word is his bond. Do y'all believe that his word is his bond? I don't. It, it is very clear that his word is not his bond. That his word is not worth anything. But I don't want to spend this time talking about him. We're talking about the body of believers because Paul wrote this letter to Titus. Paul wrote this letter to the church as if he already knew all these politicians and the leaders are always going to be corrupt. They're always going to be self-motivated. They're not going to operate on a level of, of having values and adherence to comprom uh, uncompromising character. He's talking to us and saying, you live this life of un uncompromising values of morals and ethics and we find ourselves as believers compromising our morals and our ethics on a day to day basis and we don't even think about it we compromise our morals every time we go and talk about other people every time we engage in behavior we know is not consistent with what God wants for us all the time we compromise, which God is not pleased with. The worst part is how do you, as a believer, a person of high moral character and uncompromising values, come to associate dearly with those who don't share your viewpoint? How is it? Think about your circle the people who are around you consistently. What does that circle consist of? The character of the people that you surround yourselves with. Are they exactly the type of people that God wants for you that reflect God in you and you reflect in them? That if you are face to face is the same reflection what you see. I'm not talking about the physical differences. We know they're going to look different. Some are going to be taller, skinnier, fatter. But I'm talking about your character on the inside. Do, do your friends reflect? Does your circle of influence, the people who are closer to you, reflect who you are? If everybody you know 
has questionable character, it probably means your character is in question as well. Because you can't hang in the same company with people who aren't equally yoked to you. There's this thing we like to do as believers that we love God and we want to be holy and we want to go to church. But when we get around our friends that don't share our beliefs, we don't want them to feel uncomfortable. So we compromise who we are to make them feel okay. They curse and they say whatever, would it do whatever, drink, flirt, do these things. And we, maybe you engage, maybe you don't, but we certainly don't make it uncomfortable for them. As I remember when Bishop Kirkland preached the sermon, it was uh, uh, during a uh, board, not board of examiners, annual conference. And he talked about either where you are a thermostat or a thermometer Christian. Because there was a difference between the two. See, you have people who are thermometers and you have people who are thermostats. See, a thermometer is only going to react to what happens outside. See, the thermometer tells you whether it is hot or cold. It doesn't do anything. It just reports. And there are Christians who just come into the world and around their friends and they just exist, responding (coughs) to the influences of the outside. Then you have thermostat Christians. The thermostat changes the atmosphere. When you walk into a hot house, you turn that thermostat to where the temperature will bring it down. Or if you walk into a cold place and you need it to warm up, you turn that thermostat to change the atmosphere, the shift what's happening in that space. And as Christians, we do not have the luxury to be thermostat Christians and have integrity. Integrity means that we are going to be the thermostat to shift the atmosphere. We're going to shift the lives of the people who come in contact with us. We are going to shift the way people think about our God and how they react to things. Because we shift the atmosphere. We change how things go. See, Job wrote in in chapter 27, verse 4, he said, My lips will not speak wickedness, nor my tongue utter deceit. Job had that kind of integrity, so we don't want to be Christians who are just thermostat Christians that allow people to say whatever it is, joke how they want to uh, joke, say whatever it is they want to say in our presence because we are the ones that are supposed to shift the atmosphere. That when people come into our presence and they're telling dirty jokes, we stop it. My life is a life of purity. Oh yeah, you could talk about the stuff I used to do. You could talk about the things I used to say. You could talk about how much stuff I used to drink. But right now, baby, I've turned it over to the Lord. You cannot hold that against me any longer. My integrity is intact. My character is impeachable. You cannot come to me with this nonsense any longer because I serve the one true and living God. I live a life of high moral values and uncompromising principles. Remember what Paul said to Titus, you live this life so that when the accuser comes, They cannot, they are runaway ashamed because they can't say what it is or hold it against you. 
I want people to know me and who I am. I think when I see the, the violence enacted along our, among our people to black men and women being gunned down in the streets and in their homes, unarmed, that if I was ever in a situation like that and the police planted a gun on me, that everybody knows my character enough to know that Ron Thomas will not have an illegal gun. I got enough legal guns on my own to be worried about going to buy one on the street. That, that you know my character enough to know that I am not going to engage in any kind of behavior that's going to uh, warrant the taking of my life. That my character is impeachable. That I've raised my children to have immutable uh, uh, morals. Now whether they adhere to them or not, that's a different ballgame. But I did my part to make sure they understood what is good, what is right. And as for me, that you know who I am. Let's see, Sean may go around and tell people the Ron's mean to me. But if you know me, you know I ain't mean to this woman. You know I love her with every fiber of my being. She said they're looking at me crazy. <laughs> but my character will speak for itself of who I am. That an accuser cannot make a statement against me and hold up under the cross-examination because the character of Ronald Thomas says that's not him. As you remember when, when Paul said, he said the, the integrity doctrine, and uh, he talked about the integrity of the doctrine. See, that's the problem of what we see. We allow ourselves to sit under pastors who have no integrity in their personal lives and they have no integrity in the doctrine. They shift the words to suit whatever it is for today. That I sent there, someone sent me a link of a pastor I know that he was a guest preacher somewhere. And when I heard the words that came out of his mouth, I was, I don't even know how, how to explain the depth of the shock to hear these words from his mouth in a church setting. This was gutter language. And the most frightening part is half the church was standing on their feet shouting and yelling. And when I'm saying gutter language, I'm not talking about slang. I'm talking about gutter language. Job said in, in here in verse 4, my lips will not speak wickedness. Where's your integrity, people? Where is your integrity? Where is the example of your life? You do realize that there have been more character assassinations in church parking lots than in the media. Remember, Paul wrote this letter to church folk, you and me, on what we're supposed to be and what we're supposed to do. Where is your level of integrity? What, what, what speaks to you and how you are as a believer? It's 
something that we need to understand and address. We need to understand as believers, we need to understand as citizens of, the, of, of a heavenly realm okay. what it is that we stand for and what it is that we believe. What is it that you stand for and believe? What is it that you hold true to that you do not that you do not compromise your stance? Can you name what that is? Do you have a place Do you have a standard? David wrote in Proverbs, I'm sorry, Solomon wrote in Proverbs 19.1, better is the poor who walks in integrity than one who is perverse in his lips and is a fool. I hate to say it, but think about 45. He's not poor but he is perverse in his lips and a lot of us regard him as a fool but God said it's better to be poor and have integrity than to be a fool with a crazy mouth that will lie anytime you feel like it that will say anything because it comes to the top of your head remember he's the one that says like it is Paul gave us the guideline, good works, integrity, reverence, incorruptibility, sound speech. See, everybody thinks that because you don't want to sit around and engage in tomfoolery that you're no fun. But you don't have to engage in all this nonsense to be fun. You don't have to engage and to be a, a clown to make everybody feel good about who they are. I have fun. Well, it depends on somebody to tell you I'm not fun, but I'm fun. I don't care what anybody says. I like to have a good time. But with that, I also want to serve God's people with good works. I want to walk in integrity to make my character uh, uh, immutable. I want to have reverence for the word of God and not change it to suit the needs of the people who come into my congregation. I am not going to change it up. I'm not going to make you feel good about things that you do away from the will of God. I can't do it. I want to live a life of incorruptibility that says I have a standard of which I live my life. And then when you talk to me, I want to have nothing but sound speech. Are, are we at that place as believers that we could sit around and, and, and live this life uh, literally and say this is the life that I want to live, that I want to be this type of human being, that I want to be this Christian that has good works, that lives an integrity-filled life, that has reverence for the Lord and his word, that my character is incorruptible and that when I speak that it is sound. Y'all, this, this was, I hate to say it, this was just the introduction. I'm kidding. This was the introduction 
for the theme, the integrity, where we're going for the next uh, three to four weeks. I'm not exactly certain how far we're going with this, but I'm going to introduce the, the scripture uh, that we will start for next week uh, that will take on the next two weeks that we're going to be talking about. This theme, the overarching theme, integrity. This, the, and we're going to the New Testament book, Paul's letter to the church at Ephesus, Ephesians 6, 10 through 20. Y'all know this scripture. And if you don't know it, get your Bible out, turn your phone to, to the Bible app, whatever you have, and read this scripture because this has a lot to do with the, the integrity that we are going to attack. Ephesians 6 through 10 says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench the fiery darts of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to the end with all perseverance and supplication for the saints. And for me, that utterance may be given to me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am ambassador in chains, that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. And so next week, our, our sermon topic will be wholeness. It will be wholeness. And see, when he tells us to put on the whole armor of God, because when we don't have the whole armor, when we are not operating in a state of wholeness, you're not possessing integrity. And see, there's different types of integrity. You see, if I hold up my hand, what makes our hand different from the other animals that God created is what they said, we have opposable thumbs. That gives us the ability to grab things and do things and manipulate with our hands that we other animals can't do. But if we remove our thumb, our integrity of the hand is no longer uh, immutable. We have lost the integrity, the strength of our hand because we've missed this part. And when we don't have the whole armor of God, you are vulnerable. It is no, your, your armor has no integrity if you are missing something. It does no good to be, have the shield and no helmet, to have the belt of truth and the breastplate of righteousness, but don't have peace on your feet. It, your integrity is in question again. And that's where we're going to go because we have to be whole. We have to be whole Christians in order to, to, to uh, be able to actually fight these battles. And a lot of us are not operating whole. Uh, uh, we, we operate in a half 
incomplete status. Thinking we're good. That's that semblance of spirituality, but not having spirituality at all. Thinking I'm doing something right and I'm doing it wrong. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you and praise you. We give your name all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise for being our God. Lord, we thank you for the life of Titus, and we thank you for Paul sending that message to Titus that speaks to us to this day to let us know that we have to have integrity, that we have to live our lives adhering to a, a spiritual code, to a, a life that has character, that we hold on to morals and values that there are ethics that we align with ourselves and we do not compromise them for anything. We don't compromise them for money. We don't compromise them for pleasure. We don't compromise them to make other people feel good. Help us, God, to, to have integrity, to walk in integrity, to be the thermostat Christians that shift the atmosphere and no longer just respond to what's happening around us. Lord, give us peace, the peace that we need to endure this life. Help us, God, to move forward, trusting only in you, believing only in your word and doing only what you command, that we might have wisdom, that we may have peace, that we may have joy and we may have life everlasting through your son, Jesus Christ. Because it is in his name that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is Lord. So we thank you, God, for the work that you are doing in our lives. And we thank you for your grace when we fall short. But in all things, we give you the glory. We give you the honor and we give you all the praise for it is in your son, Jesus Christ's name, that we do pray and believe. Amen. Amen, everybody. So let's uh, let's prepare our hearts and minds uh, to uh, do what it is that we're getting ready to do. Uh, communion. So this is the time right now. You got a little bit of time to go ahead. If you haven't got already, get your bread, uh, get your little juice, and we're going to partake of the Lord's Supper together.
and soul, our Lord and Savior. On the night that he was betrayed, he took the bread and broke it. He said, take and eat. This is my body broken for you. And in like manner, he took the wine and said, this is my blood shed for the remission of sins. And we do take and drink. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we, your people, are not worthy to be called your sons and daughters. The sacrifice that you paid on that cross, that we may have eternal life, we don't deserve it, God. We have sinned. We have turned away from you. We have turned our backs on your will and your way. And in spite of who we are, God, you still sent your son. And he endured the cross for us. We do sorely repent, Lord, and give you praise. And we thank you that the body was broken and the blood was shed. Help us, Father, to move forward from this day as men and women of integrity, that we will walk our lives in anticipation of being made whole, that we will be uncorruptible, uncompromising, and holding on to your word, holding on for dear life because our salvation depends on that. Help us, God, to remember to always believe and trust in you and we will be so careful, Lord, to give you all the praise, all the glory, and all the honor. For it is in Jesus Christ's name that we do pray and believe. Amen. Y'all, I, sometimes I feel like I should apologize for the tears, but then there are other times I don't because I am so, so grateful, but more unworthy of what God has done in my life. Because I look back honestly on who I am and who I've always been and understand that it is not because of who or the goodness, because there is no good in me. But God still sees fit to call me worthy of being his son. And it moves me to tears. But one quick thing I'll say before we get out of here. When we were filming the videos of the songs, I just realized something that was going on with the music you're getting doubled feedback from this mic and the camera mic and the computer. So next week, I'm going to try have this figured out where you're only going to get the song from one source so it'll be clear and not the echo that's been going on in the background. But when we talk about integrity, Miss Janae, who was singing this song so beautifully for us, she it was hot in the room and she wanted to put on her coat that she had because she didn't want to offend 
any of the church folk by having bare shoulders and singing praises to God. And I told her, you get up there and sing. If anybody's got a problem with your shoulders while you praising God, they go have a problem with God. You have not done anything wrong. And you just think this is how we are as believers. We want to criticize and judge people for things God ain't worried about. He's not worried about the fact that she has on a top with her shoulders out. He is looking at her heart. But we keep looking at the appearance. Isn't that what, what Samuel said to, to uh, uh, God said to Samuel when he was looking at it, trying to pick a king? You are looking at the outside when David was coming, but I'm looking at the heart. Is he, how could this little boy be king when he's got all these good looking sons here? You're looking at the outside. I'm looking at the heart and we have to move to a place as believers that we continue to adopt a God-like mind that we look at the heart of people because judging folks appearance is not gaining us salvation. It ain't doing nothing for anybody and I know some folks will be mad but this is how it's supposed to be. Says who? That's all I'm going to leave it at. So as we move forward to finish the service, I wasn't here in, in August, so we want to say happy birthday to everybody. I'm sorry, anniversaries to anybody who had anniversaries in August and any anniversaries in September. We are acknowledging those now. I'm not going to call them out individually by name because invariably I am going to leave somebody out. So instead of leaving somebody out, we'll say happy anniversary to the August and September anniversaries. And then for a September for the birthdays, happy birthday to those who have birthdays in August and those in September. I will say this. There is one person who I will acknowledge for a birthday in September, September 30th, the woman who gave me life, Mrs. Carol F. Thomas. Happy birthday, mama. Of course, I'm going to tell you happy birthday on your birthday, but I am going to acknowledge my mama. Happy birthday to my mama, September 30th. Uh, that's all we got. I pray that God uh, touched each and every one of you. I will tell you this. Make sure you share our broadcast. Do, do a, a, a viewing party. Share it for people. Share it on your timeline. Get this message out to folks. We're going to get past the technology, uh, the technological difficulties. Uh, this was the first day I was nervous. I was actually laying in bed paralyzed, didn't want to get up because I was afraid just what happened, happened, and it did. Uh, and, and believe me, that was not, it didn't happen because I imagined it or thought it was. It wasn't vibrating out into the universe like some people would believe you, uh, want you to believe. This is new equipment and I don't know how to operate it properly. So we, as we continue to grow, the technology difficulties will go away and it will be a smooth and seamless service. So go ahead and share it with folks. Uh, get it out there for people so they know what's going on. And here's the main thing. If you are out there and you do not know Christ as your personal Savior, this is your opportunity to reach out to us. You can reach to us on our website, www.r2dchurch.org, and send us an email. You can uh, hit us up on, on Facebook. Uh, of what you see there in, in the chat box that you that you you need prayer you don't know Christ in the salvation of your sins 
and we are here and able to uh, to help you get to that place and when we get back to normal you can come and worship with us we just love people and we love will love you and so if you don't know that uh, this is available to you to reach out to us and we will definitely pray with you now uh, with that I am going to say uh, see y'all next week may the Lord bless you and keep you may his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you may the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace in the name of the Father the Son and the Holy Spirit Amen. Be blessed, everybody.